0: Hi, this is Ryan Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Matt Clunin. Matt is the Senior Director of Brand and Digital Marketing at Fiverr, and we do an absolute deep dive on the process of developing and executing a Super Bowl ad. You know that joke, this meeting could have been an email? At Venly, we are very proud to work with Fiverr, which is an international company. Department leaders across the world use our platform to create bi-weekly audio updates and that content is then securely shared to their company Slack. What has this done? Well, it has effectively replaced a meeting. People get the information that they need and they can listen to this content asynchronously. You can listen while you walk your dog or while you cook your dinner. It's a colleague's voice and their personality. Those cryptic memos where you can't tell if someone is joking or not, gone. So that meeting that could have been an email, that meeting can now be an internal piece of audio. Questions about how audio can help drive efficiency for internal communications? Email me at brian at venly.co. That's brian b r i a n at venly B-E-N-N-L-Y, dot co. And now the excellent Matt Clunan. Hey Matt. Hi, hey, Brian. Matt Clunin is the Senior Global Director of Brand Marketing at Fiverr, where he oversees all brand media, content, social, and influencer marketing. Matt previously worked at SeatGeek for seven years, helping to grow their ticketing business. He was raised in Vermont, and he pursued a ski racing career early in life and through college at Colby College in Maine. Before getting involved in tech and the marketing world, he unexpectedly spent a few years working as a model. He is currently in the process of trying to restore an old home in upstate New York, where he is teaching himself how to be a bit handier and to not blow himself up. There's this expression that podcasting, like a face for podcasting, but you you like quite literally do not have a face for podcasting. Should we have done this as a video?
1: Well, like we, we we can we can do another one as a video, but uh, but yeah, it's good good to chat with you, and, and thanks for. Taking the time to chat with me.
0: No, I appreciate it. So, you know, in my life, having worked in marketing and media and advertising, I have been sort of Super Bowl adjacent, right? Like people who have worked at agencies that did a big Super Bowl creative or bought the media and they were like a member of a bigger team. But you've, you just ran point on a Super Bowl execution from A to Z. Can you walk me through what that process is like? Like, where do you even start on a Super Bowl campaign?
1: Yeah. No, it's, uh, it was, it was a hell of a ride. Uh, and it, it is pretty funny that I spent most of my kind of work career working in ticketing closer to sports, closer to the Super Bowl, you know, closer to sports fans. Like, you know, all we talked about was sports and whatnot in the office. And then leaving the ticketing world, ending up at Fiverr, which, you know, isn't directly related to sports. Uh, but then that, that ends up where, that ends up being where I kind of get to do a Super Bowl at. So it was... Obviously, kind of an emotional year for everyone, Uh, and it wasn't a good year for most everyone. I guess one, one kind of positive, positive business angle that came out of it for Fiverr was that it really put a spotlight on remote working. Uh, You know, everyone was, you know, forced to kind of work from home, Uh, whether they wanted to or not. You know, that was the safe place to be, Uh, and I think that spotlight that was put on remote work, you know, in turn was put on Fiverr. Uh, Fiverr is a company, you know, that sells freelance digital services. Um, so it just really kind of lined up that, you know, all of these things were, were making freelancing relevant. And I think you know, as, we, as we were realizing that and as we were kind of like assessing the situation, you know, we didn't really know how COVID was going to impact the business. Uh, we knew that we had to you know, adapt just like every business had to adapt. We had to you know, think about how we are a resource for you know, freelancers, for small businesses and we need to support them right now. Uh, and, you know, there was things like we did a small partnership with Roe as a COVID assessment tool. We launched a website, all of these different things. But really, you know, as as things settled settled into the pandemic, I guess as shitty as that sounds, you know, we realized that, you know, it was it was kind of the year, the year of people talking about remote work and what better year to kind of really put Fiverr's name out there than this year. Uh, really the biggest thing you can do, I think, in terms of a, a kind of one-time brand thing, was the Super Bowl. So we started having these discussions. I think it was really kind of early September. There was like rumors of Super Bowl. By end of September, it was like, oh, we're really considering the Super Bowl. Uh, And I think like the first week in October, we decided that we're going to do the Super Bowl.
0: It should be stated that this was Fiverr's first Super Bowl ad. There are brands that do it every year, and they have an entire year to plan for the execution. The Super Bowl was the first week of February, and it sounds like your team didn't make a decision to go for it until the end of October or so. So you're looking at like four or five months to execute on the entire process. What's the process like now that you've made the decision to go for it and do a Super Bowl ad?
1: But yeah, really, once once we committed to doing it, it was working on first the media. You, you don't have to even have to think about the creative side of things until you know that you're going to lock in a spot. Uh, so we worked with our media buying agency, Tatari. To first figure out, you know, what the hell's involved with with buying a Super Bowl spot. Uh, you know, we've been working with them for about a year on t- advertising on TV, but with much more of kind of a direct response focused. Uh, you know, Super Bowl is, is far from a direct response campaign. It's a, it's a brand campaign and really kind of worked with them to figure out what made sense from a media perspective. And it wasn't just hey you know sign us up for the Super Bowl. It was hey do we run a thirty second spot? Do we run a sixty second spot? Do we run in the first half? Do we run in the second half? You know where where do we want to be? And it was learning about that. So we actually did kind of a bit of analysis based on viewership and price because the prices aren't flat across the game. Uh, you know there is, for whatever reasons, kind of an an interest in being first. Uh, so prices prices in the beginning of the game are high and prices at the end of the game are low. You know there's not a huge difference in price, but looking at viewership you see the viewership actually peaks towards the end of the game. Um, And you think, oh, there's a lot of people that would taper off, uh, you know, watch the halftime show and then go to bed. Uh, But looking at like the last 10 years of data, we saw that, you know, viewership was actually higher in the second half. So we ended up committing to a spot in the third quarter. I think it was like the technically the 13th commercial break. uh, And we're kind of locked in to do that. And then it was, all right, we, we have a Super Bowl spot. Now, what do we do?
0: A moment ago, you mentioned that Fiverr's TV has been direct response, and that the Super Bowl ad is more of a brand campaign. In direct response, it's all about selling utility of the product and driving leads. But there's more storytelling in a brand spot. So this wasn't just your first Super Bowl ad, but in some ways, this is your first scaled brand message. Where did you start with thinking about the creative?
1: Kind of first, I think aligning with with our team internally. Um, You know, there's a lot of different. Ways you can take this in terms of like, do you want to just show off your product? Do you want to talk about, you know, how you're changing the world? Do you want to talk about just make people laugh and all of these things? And before we even got there, it was what? What are the real objectives of this campaign? And we definitely approached it. We approached it, I think, how we should. It, it, you know, it's it's brand media. It's a huge brand campaign. You know, don't try to force it into kind of the Performance angle that you know a performance-driven company would. Uh, so we saw this really as a moment to really increase our awareness, really you know get you know con- people to consider using fiber and really view it as you know a, a resource for them and a, a tool that you know businesses of any size could use um, and really kind of help with that perception. So uh, we really worked on kind of drafting up a brief and then talked to a few partners um, and really you know no one i trying to think of anyone on our team had done anything close to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think my boss, the VP of brand had been associated with Super Bowl campaigns in the past, but really it was you know, most of our first time. Uh, and it was, no one really has done this before. And with that, we reached out to you know, a few different potential creative partners, big agency, small, smaller agency, really small agency, a team of freelancers, all of these different things to see what was out there in terms of options. Uh, you know, Us not having done this before, we wanted to see what what kind of fits right. You know, what's what's the right, you know, connection here. Um, and ultimately had a bunch of awesome meetings with, you know, a bunch of awesome potential partners, uh, but ended up working with publicists just given, you know, given their pitch, but given their kind of track record of knowing what to do here. Uh, you know, it's a huge investment of of money, but it's also a huge investment of your brand. Uh, you know, you want to get it right. You don't want to be that, that brand that does something Really stupid in the Super Bowl because people will remember that. Um, And publicists just had proven that they've done this right, um, you know, a number of times. So we, I think, kind of locked them in late November. So, Super Bowl being, I think it was February 7th this year, you know, November isn't leaving you much time. So, by the time, you know, it's, it's beginning of early November, we're officially kind of starting the creative process with them. They had brief in hand. Um, and we hit the ground running and really it was going through a bunch of different kind of ideas there. Again, it was really focusing on what are our objectives of this campaign and really aligning all our, all of our ideas to that. So it was from November on, I think it was, we probably went through like 10 different concepts with them in terms of, of things that we could do. And this was, you know, all ideas that fit what we wanted to achieve. And we wanted to kind of really use this as an opportunity to, to show what we do to showcase what we do in an interesting and entertaining way so it was really you know how do we how do we show that we support small businesses how do we show the creativity of our community how do we show all of these things in an ad in a 30-second ad that's going to go really quick that a lot of people have no idea you know, what Fiverr really is so through these kind of concepts it was it was wild in terms of how much shit can go wrong and how much uh, uh, you know how much drama there can be, and how much like ups and downs there are. It was like emotionally draining because it was like you have this great idea, and you know talent's not interested. You have this great idea, usage right? You can't get the usage rights. You have this great idea; it's going to cost you know three x what your budget is. Uh, and it was just like when we were getting some progress, you know that didn't work out. That didn't work out. Uh, but eventually, you know, we kind of came to this idea of Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which is where we ended up, and. We, we had a few other ideas on the table, but really this idea was, you know, even in hindsight, I could say like the perfect idea for for us uh, this year and really showcasing what we do. So we ended up connecting with Marie, or publicists ended up reaching out to Marie Saravo, who's the owner of Four Seasons Subtle Landscaping and, you know, floated the idea by her. And I think their business post the Giuliani press conference there had just received a Ton of inbound requests, you know, brands wanting to do stuff with them uh, for a variety of different reasons. And Marie, to her credit, like shut down all of these ideas. Uh, and she was just super adamant that, like, hey, they weren't going to turn this into something political. They weren't going to just, you know, jump on you know, all of these, you know, pro left or pro right kind of ideas. They were going to stay apolitical of this. And I think we were one of the first brands to approach them. Without without any kind of political agenda, it was hey we see you as kind of the most popular small business in the world right now. You know you are trending on Twitter every single day. You are all over the news. People are talking about you. Uh, you know how about how about taking business to the next level by being a Super Bowl ad? And she was super receptive to that. Super excited about the idea. And really just an amazing partner. So. I think most people figured it out, but like Marie, who was the star of our ad, is the actual owner of the business, uh, and that was, I guess, one of one of the risks we took. In that, you know, she's not an actress, uh, and she's never done a commercial before. And putting some, you know, putting someone in front of the camera like that, you know, it it could end up not working. Uh, and given that we were, you know, shooting mid January. Uh, we didn't have much time. Uh, So it was, it was a risk, but it ended up working out great.
0: Okay. So now we have the concept and we have the talent, but there's this challenge of actually producing the commercial. You're not only on a really tight deadline, but I imagine that production during COVID is like 10 times harder than usual. Is that right?
1: I think we awarded the job to the director who was Nick Ball, who was awesome on, I I think it was either Christmas day or the day after Christmas. So this is end of December uh again Super Bowl's February 7th so we have I think five weeks from there on out to 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 produce an entire Super Bowl ad and edit it and get it get it live um so he was awarded the job then and then really it was like one of the most mind-blowing parts of the process was that they from from that kind of like day after Christmas to when we actually shot they built this entire world and I don't know if you remember the ad but it was this kind of fantastical kind of Willy Wonka-esque scene of a landscaping company and just the amount of production that went into you know, trucking in plants, trees, bushes, jet packs, building these kind of things was just unbelievable to see how that came together so quick. Yeah, so we ended up shooting down in Mexico uh and this because of covid uh so we were supposed to shoot in la but then la i think shut down production at the time uh, so we had to kind of move things over to mexico and shot in mexico fully remote uh really the director was the only one that flew, da- flew down uh marie obviously and then a few other talent but really it was it was an entirely remote project uh you know i work out of the new york office a lot of the team on our on the fiber side it was based in Tel Aviv. Uh, the publicist folks were were in New York, but everyone was remote. You know, we were kind of like shooting this thing remote. So, yeah, I mean, it was crazy to kind of do it. We shot two days, um, and then I think that was second week of January we shot. So then we we had kind of like two weeks to deliver this spot to to the network to be aired on time. Um, and yeah, post production again just super condensed timeline, but. Awesome team. Everyone was kind of aligned with with the ideas. So we were super quick through post-production. And yeah, I think we got we got this we got the spot done. Uh got to chill out. I think like we had a 30-second ad that ran in the Super Bowl. We also threw together a 60-second ad. I think that got finished Saturday night or yeah, Saturday night at like 11 o'clock. That was in hand before Super Bowl. So everything was was down to the wire. So it was a little bit stressful, but it was all kind of worth it when i guess you get to see that ad uh sunday night watching it uh i guess my reaction to it was "Shit, that was fast uh 30 seconds just flies by and you watch it and it's over and you're like all right that's it uh my life has been consumed by this for the past six months and 30 seconds and and you're done but that was a lot of me rambling but hopefully that at least provides an overview of of how it went down
0: no it was super helpful super interesting so You know, you mentioned just before, you know, you don't want to make a fool out of yourself, spending a lot of money, a lot of people watching. I was really excited for you as a friend. We've known each other for a long time. So I was watching and waiting for the Fiverr commercial, but the only other commercial now that we're a few months removed from the Super Bowl, that I remember is oat milk commercial. And that was literally a guy making a fool out of himself. And so there's something to be said about some of these strategies of like, do we want to be funny or do we want to be memorable? Do we want to be poignant? And so Yep. The the that's all I remember now is like this guy and feeling like this guy just made a complete ass out of himself but brand recall is super high for that
1: yeah and I think it's you know I think this year there was so much probably thought that went into every advertiser advertising the Super Bowl you know you have the pandemic you have you know all of the kind of political drama that was going on you have you know all of the kind of like racial tensions in this country it, there was just it just felt like we were slash you know really were didn't just feel like we were kind of at this tipping point or on the edge of of things kind of imploding uh so it was like it's it felt like doing a really humorous ad or doing something there was just so many sensitivities around like doing the wrong thing um and i think like you know us promoting a small business uh yeah like there was a there was slight risk of people viewing it political and getting mad about that uh but we really didn't make it political in any way but really it was just so much sensitivity around like making sure you didn't do the wrong thing but at the right time you know, it's the super bowl you have to do something big you have to you have to do that to get noticed because every brand in the world has a lot of really you know creative smart people doing really great things uh and to stand out is tough and yeah i think some people you know take these, these weird wonky routes to stand out weird kind of routes to stand out, but. Those get noticed somehow more. I think like what Reddit did with the Super Bowl was really interesting. Just taking these out, like five-second bumpers. Uh, You know, I think those bumpers were only in New York and LA and a few markets, but you know, immediately that kind of went viral on the internet and whatnot. Um, And a lot of other brands did kind of interesting things. So we we took a you know I guess somewhat traditional approach of let's make a really beautiful, entertaining ad. That really speaks to what our brand is and what our brand does and what our business can do, but just make sure that it's that it's damn good. Uh, and you know, I think we we did that, uh, and I think everyone kind of internally felt felt really good about about what we made um, in the process there.
0: I mean, running a Super Bowl ad is rarefied air, right? It puts you in the same conversation as some of the blue blood companies in the world, like Anheuser Busch, Procter and Gamble, Coca Cola. How do you think about the future of your brand today versus even six months ago before the media was placed?
1: I think it helps, but like it, it's weird. everyone's you know kind of question is like you know how did the Super Bowl do or, or you know would you do it again and all of these questions and I think I would only kind of answer those questions if I had to answer those questions if it's if it's basically you know my boss or my boss's boss or whatever saying like, "Hey, are we going to do the Super Bowl again?" like I don't have to answer that question yet and I'm not saying that because I don't think it was the right idea to do. I just think there's so many factors that go into that question. Uh, you know, this year was right because it was all of the talk about remote work and 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 you know how we could leverage that to to kind of our benefit at the time. And who knows what it's going to be next year? You know, it might be a totally different situation. But really, you know, did this accelerate our brand and kind of the growth of our brand and the, and the perception of our brand in the way that we want? You know, hopefully. And I think you'll. We'll learn more about the success of it and what it actually did as we go, as we get farther away from it. Uh, you know, you you see the things that you expect immediately, like you know your site gets overloaded with traffic and it's just you know there's massive spikes and whatnot. But really, you know, that's not why we did it. We did it for the awareness. We did it for you know the fact that millions and millions and millions of people are going to see this ad and you know, knowing that the more people will see about us, the more people will be familiar with us, the more people that will consider us down the road. So I think, yeah, it puts us on hopefully a different tier in terms of like how people perceive the fiber brand. And there's a little bit more kind of trust in the brand, but yeah, I think it's, it's interesting how it, how it really impacts that. And I think there's nothing else like the Super Bowl to kind of catapult things like that. Uh, You know, there's, there's the olympics there's the world cup there's like all of these things get massive viewership but people don't watch those to watch the ads you know you like you'll have the png ad at the olympics that's thanking your know, parents out there and whatnot uh and like those are those are our perfect fit like thanks thanks parents for you know sacrificing your life so i could play this sport you know <laughs> like th- those those make sense But, you know, does it make sense to be in these other things? Maybe at at times, but people aren't watching those to watch the ads. You know, people are watching the Super Bowl to watch the ads, which I think is an interesting dynamic.
0: So you're measuring things like ratings, impressions, site traffic. Maybe you're even able to measure brand trust, right? You maybe do some survey work around that. But how do you think about, like... Just the pure sort of analytics of the campaign. Because, like with COVID, I imagine that there were fewer watch parties, going to bars was de emphasized, which would impact linear TV ratings, but streams are up as a result of that. So, like, how are you thinking about evaluating in this really weird year where there isn't benchmarking necessarily being done?
1: I guess like on that benchmarking, it was like, how do you even set targets on anything? You know, like you can try to set, hey, we expect to have this many visitors or, hey, we expect to have this many more kind of registrations or, or new buyers or whatever. But there's nothing comparable to what the Super Bowl is. Uh, and like you said, it was just a weird year. Uh, so it's not even comparable to like past years. Um, so it was, you know, it's very unique. To, and even if we did it again, you know, we would do it again not being a first-time Super Bowl advertiser. So I think it's this one thing that's in- incomparable to anything else you're going to do. But I think like you can at least focus on on kind of your objectives. And I, I would say that we weren't focused on kind of like the award angle. You know, I think a lot of brands go into this saying, hey, we, we want to be the best Super Bowl ad. and We want to be voted in kind of all of these awards as the top ad. And I think like that's that's a goal for a lot of advertisers, you know, from day one when they kind of go to that. And we definitely didn't, Put any emphasis on what do we think? What ad do we think will kind of win the most awards? Um, And I think we also didn't try to force it into kind of our performance nature. You know what I mean? It would be, it would make sense for a performance company to, to kind of think about like how how can you use this as a tool to get tons of people to sign up and tons of people to purchase and try to like put you know a cost per acquisition target on uh, you know a brand campaign but like this that wasn't the case either i would say we really focused on you really making this the most effective brand campaign as possible so awareness consideration perception being the biggest things and you know using kind of like data to do that but also using survey based tools to do that running a pre post survey um, looking at kind of like the long-term impacts on kind of like brand traffic and all of these things. but I think like one thing that was kind of less traditional that we were thinking about was was really I wouldn't say it was a, a goal but it was definitely a focus was trying to be one of the most talked about ads of the Super Bowl um, and it was you know so it's hard to say like how do you quantify that and you can you can do kind of like social measurement and analytics there to kind of like assess that. But really, it was kind of, I guess, a soft goal that was kind of in the back of everyone's mind, but was, you know, let's do something really entertaining, really intriguing, really engaging that will get people talking about it. And I think, you know, it wasn't something we, we looked after the facts and compared our our social kind of mentions to other brands. But I think we were all satisfied with, with the kind of how much we were talked about uh, the night of, the day after, um, and kind of like the weeks after. So I think it was... You know, there's a million different ways you can try to measure the Super Bowl. And and we have measured it a million different ways, you know, looking at our data, our data team diving into it, you know, our kind of TV partners diving into it, you know, other partners on like Google and YouTube doing a kind of analysis, all of these different things. But you can, and, and I would say you can take that data and paint any story you want. There's just so much that it does that you can kind of say, you know, hey, this, these are all the positives, these are all the negatives or things that were kind of underwhelming. So you can paint whatever narrative you want. I think it was going back to, to what, what is the real objective of this being kind of a really effective brand campaign? Did we do that? Do the numbers that kind of lined back up to that prove that we did that? And you know, that was kind of how we thought about it.
0: Matt Clunan, a face for video, but a heart and soul and voice for audio. Thanks for joining Thank me today, you. man. Of course. Matt, thanks again for your wisdom today. If you like this conversation, you are going to love our next conversation with Ginger Shimp. Ginger is a Senior Marketing Director at SAP. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, with Ginger.